Hey everybody, welcome into Sports Talk with Cole. Happy Wednesday. Today we're breaking down the AFC North Division and we're going to be breaking down one NFL division on each episode until the NFL kicks off September 10th, two weeks from tomorrow. Very excited for the NFL to start again and we're going to go over some NBA news and scores over the past few days. My Houston Rockets are now 2-2. I'm very upset. Tune in to get my thoughts on all this. All right, let's go. And we're going to dive into the AFC North now. Last year, the Ravens were 14-2, and and they won the division, and they managed to get bounced out in the first round of the playoffs. The Steelers were 8-8, eight and eight, did not make the playoffs, got very close with their fourth-string quarterback, Doug Hodges, leading the way. Um, the Browns were 6-10, and 10, of course, did not make the playoffs in their very disappointing season, and the Bengals were 2-14, and 14, as expected by that team with a lot of injuries and just really a lot of young talent there. All right, let's recap this division here, and let's get it set up for next year. The Baltimore Ravens were 14-2. and I don't think they'll be quite that good this upcoming year. I believe their team might be more successful in the postseason, but I don't think their record will be 14-2 and again. I just don't see that happening. Um, I like this team. It has, no, it has nothing to do with my feelings toward Lamar Jackson. I just feel like they won't be 14-2 again. Multiple years. Um, even Tom Brady in New England and all his Super Bowl championships, a lot of years were 11 and 5, 12 and 4, and 14 and 2 is pretty impressive. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Baltimore Ravens will go 11 and 5 this year. Um, you can quote me on that. I'm just going to go ahead and put it down here 11 and 5. And I think that they're going to be 11 and 5 because um, I think they're, they're going to struggle a little bit more. You know, people, you know, you can't really stop. You could never really stop Michael Vick, but you could contain him a little better. And I feel like this division is getting a little bit better, too. Um, the Steelers are a little better this year. Um, ben Roethlisberger is going to be back. They have their defense is still there, and it's still rocking. Cleveland, I'm really thinking this year might take the next step. Um, I'll get to them in a minute, though. But, yeah, this division is just a little bit tougher. Um you still got Patrick Mahomes, and they have, a, and I've uh, looked over their schedule, and there's a few games I really don't see them winning. So, um, eleven and five is where I think the Baltimore Ravens will land. I think they'll be good this year. I think they'll win. They'll win in the playoffs. I don't think they'll be. I don't think they'll be the team that gets the bye. I think the Chiefs will be the team that gets the bye as the number one seed this year. Um, but I think they'll win their first wild card weekend. Their first, I think Lamar Jackson will win his first playoff game this year. Um, the last two playoff games, he's he's struggled for the most part through most of the games. He's uh, played good later in the games, but beginning he really struggled. Um, yeah, this team now dealing with the um, wake of the Earl Thomas release too. That hurts on the back end not having that guy back there because um, even though he's older now, he was he's a very good player, and not having him back there will affect their defense. But um, I, I trust I trust John Harbaugh as a head coach. Um, I don't. I think him and um, Mike Tomlin are right there as two of the best coaches in the NFL. And um, yeah, mainly the reason why I'm picking the Ravens to go um, eleven and five is because I think this division is going to be a lot tougher. I think they'll lose two division games, one to the Steelers and one to the Browns this year. Um, and then outside of that, they're going to have a few losses as well. But yeah, that's my stick with the Ravens. I still think they're a great team. I think Lamar Jackson gets his first playoff win this year. Um, not predicting this team to go all the way. I think they'll get bounced in the second, the divisional round. Um, but I do have them winning the first round um, playoff game in the wild card, in the super wild card weekend they have now. 
All right, and now we're going to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they're going to go 8-8 eight and eight again. I really do. I think this team will struggle. I, I, I just I don't have a lot of confidence in Big Ben off this surgery because I know it's a tough surgery to come back from, and I I really don't. I see this team being good. Offen- I mean, just offensively, though, I don't know where they're going to get their production from. I mean, James Conner is there. And Juju Smith-Schuster is there. And these guys are great players. And you know what? I might be wrong. I might be underselling this team. But at the end of the season, I feel like they're just going to be 8-8. Eight eight. I just have a feeling. Um, I don't know how Big Ben's going to feel. Um, I have a feeling he's going to go out there and he's not going to be the same. And he's going to struggle. And next year, they're going to have to look at the reality and think, we're going to have to draft a quarterback now. It's time to draft another quarterback. This guy doesn't have it. He's older. Um, he's just coming off a big surgery. I don't blame him this season, though, for uh, going out there and letting it ride. You know, saying, hey, pretty decent team. we got a big Ben, Hall of Fame quarterback. Let's go out there and let him do his thing. Um, but I don't. I see this team coming on the cusp of being in the playoffs this year. Um, I don't see them getting in, but I see them being on the cusp of it. Um, and now we go to the Cleveland Browns, who were 6-10 and 10 last year. And if if you can believe me, I I think this team will be a little bit better this year. I'm gonna go ahead and say they're gonna be nine and seven, and they will get in in that last seventh seed. Um, nine and seven. I, I want to say ten and six, but I don't at the same time because this team last year, everybody thought was gonna be in the playoffs and do great things, and they were six and ten. Um, again, a lot of these pieces are moving, and they're trying to figure out how all these pieces go together. They've drafted well, though. They went out in free agency, and they got quality tied in in Austin Hooper, I believe, and they drafted a good offensive lineman to protect Baker. Um, they've just they've done a really good job. They've done a really good job of um, bringing in talent. Now they just have to make this talent work together, and they have a new head coach, um, Kevin Stefanski, from Minnesota. He's done a lot of good things in Minnesota, and I'm hearing they're going to do a lot of a lot of play-action fakes now here because it's what they do with Kirk Cousins, a lot of good rollouts with him. I'm hearing that's going to be the same same uh, situation and implied here in um, Cleveland. And um, I'm not going to say I'm high on Cleveland, but I think with this much talent, if you lose less than nine games, you really have some serious problems. And it all starts with Baker Mayfield. He's got to be better. He's got to tune out the media. He's got to tune out the noise. He's got to go in there and be professional and do his job. Um, I think he got a little bit premature last year. He was a little premature with a lot of the uh, commercials and stuff, but um, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be the NFL's next thing, and the NFL said, sorry, we're actually a pretty tough business to be the next thing in, and um, Baker Mayfield realized that. And um, with this with his steps back last year, I think he'll step forward again a little bit. I think he's learning to just, hey, I just got to keep my head down and work. Um, that's going to be the key to success for me. So um, I am excited about this Browns team. I think everybody's kind of just interested to see where they're going to be, but I think 9-7 and seven is my realistic and my expectation for them this season. And Cincinnati Bengals, 2-14. and 14. Let's go ahead and say 3-13 and 13 this year. Let's say they win one more game. Let's give them, let's give them that. Um, don't think they'll be the worst team in the league. I think they'll be a team a little bit worse than this, like as in 2-14 and 14 or 1-15. But um, we'll get to that later on. I, I I don't see this team being horrible. They drafted, they had good draft picks, and they did draft number one overall pick Joe Burrow to come into this team. And I think you'll have some good games. I think they'll lose a majority of them though, because this team's still in big rebuilding mode. 
Um, don't think they're going to compete at all. If anybody's out there thinking, yeah, they can compete. No, they cannot compete. They cannot compete with these three teams above them because these three teams above them are all light years ahead of them in my mind. The only team that's not is Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah, the, the talent that separates them from these three teams is, is pretty substantial. I think they might win one one divisional game, but I, I wouldn't bank on it. I bet they're just going to win three non-divisional games against lesser opponents. Um, again, that two, you know, two wins last year. A lot of people think if they'll just win two games this year, I think they'll win three. Not that big of a deal though, but, um, I'm, I'm very excited to see how Joe Burrow progresses as an NFL talent. Um, I'm very, I'm just excited to see this team. Um, this, this team with Joe Burrow is going to bring a lot of excitement to Cincinnati that they haven't had in a long time. Um, since they really had Andy Dalton there and even he didn't bring this kind of excitement because Andy Dalton was a second round pick and this is a number one overall pick quarterback from Cincinnati Bengals. So um, I'm looking for Joe Burrow to really energize his franchise and bring a lot of life into him and really make him fun to watch because um, I don't know why the reason you would want to watch Cincinnati Bengals because they don't really have a lot of talent. Um, But the number one overall pick is there, and I think we're all excited to see what he's going to do this year. So that's where I stand on that. The AFC North this year um, going Ravens 1 at 11-5. The nine and seven Browns at two, and Steelers eight and eight. The Bengals three and thirteen. Next time, I'm going to be back to break down another division. Going to be doing that every episode at the start until we reach the kickoff of the NFL season. Um, If you have any comments, complaints um, (laughs) about my about my um, about my picks for these divisions and um, these predictions, um, go ahead and let me know. I'm happy to talk. Happy to talk sports with anybody. But right now, that's where I'm at. Um, I think this AFC North. I think you. I think if you see, if you look at it, where I've got it, they're all kind of bunched together. Kind of Baltimore's ahead of the pack, but the rest, but the you know the Steelers and the Browns are kind of bunched together there, two and three. And I think this just because the strength of this division. I think there's these top three teams are pretty talented, and um, the only reason why I don't think the Steelers are better than the Browns this year is because I, I'm I'm very hesitant to put them up there because of Big Ben. Big Ben's one of the best quarterbacks. I've ever seen play in the NFL, but he's older now and he's coming off surgery. And I'm really, in my gut, I just don't think it's going to go well this year for him. I think they're going to have to look at next year and go, okay, we're going to have to get another quarterback. We're going to have to tweak some things again. Um, again, I hate to say it because I know a lot of good Steeler fans, good people, but oh my yeah, guys, I just honestly, brutal honesty, I think your team's going to be in the same position they were last year. And I think they're going to have to make some changes heading into the next season. Um, but that's it for the. AFC North breakdown. Um, Going to be back with a little bit of NBA rundown for you guys and sports news around the world. All right. And we're back with the news of the NBA around the league. Um, the Toronto Raptors are set to play the Boston Celtics tomorrow night, I believe, for the first 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 game of the Eastern Conference semifinals. I and there's still round one games going on, which is kind of weird because they usually wait until it's the last day of these games. But, hey, it's coming on. I'm super pumped for this game. We heard the Raptors might be protesting the game in the wake of the Jacob Blake shooting. Um, I'm all for social justice, but um, I, I really hope they don't protest this game um, because I really, really am very excited to see the Toronto Raptors play the Boston Celtics. Um, both these teams swept their first-round matchups. So um, I think that I think it's okay that they do play early, but I wish it would have been waited a little bit longer. But I'm really excited to see. Obviously, one of these teams is going to lose tomorrow night if they play. Um, going to be a really good game. 
Um, I really like Boston coming out of this series. A lot of people, I think, are really high on Toronto, and they're you know they're the little engine that can this year. They're really good, and you know people aren't just people just aren't recognizing it. I agree. Toronto was at first kind of my, my thinking. Maybe they'll come out of this division, but then when I looked at it closely, I realized okay, it's probably going to be Miami, Milwaukee on the other side, and now it's going to be Boston and Toronto, and one of these teams has to lose. And um, at the beginning here, I'm just going to pick. Boston to win this series because I think they have more talent. They don't have more depth, and that's the only place where it hurts them. But they have more talent in their starting five. It hurts Gordon Hayward's not there. It looks like he'll be back maybe for the finals, maybe for the tail end of the Western or the Eastern Conference finals if they make it there. Um, but I love this Boston team. Uh, I think I think uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Daniel Tice and Kimball Walker can get this team, can get this team there and let Gordon Hayward recover. Um I like Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry a lot. This is a tough, tough game. Um, tough game and series to pick, but um, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Boston in six. Boston in six is my prediction right now. Um, and again, we'll have the guys. We'll be crewed up on. I'll be crewed up for this Monday's episode with my guys, so you'll get a little inside there. But right now, that's what I'm picking there. And now we get to last night. Um, Paul George, playoff P, came back. You know, I don't know where he's been, but he came back. And um, I was pretty frank with you guys saying that he stunk in the past few games, and that was true. And now he's back, and he's playing a lot better. Um, they put up 154, I think. My God, they put up a lot of points. And um, um, the Dallas Mavericks, they just got to play better defense. Um, Christoph Porzingis, I don't know how bad this injury is, but it's got to be pretty damn bad to be missing two playoff games in a row. I hate injuries like this where you just don't know a lot about it, and it's the playoffs, and you're just like, Ugh, I just want these guys to play. Why aren't you playing? Um, because you just don't hear a lot about their injury. And he better be playing for the next game because I'm excited to see game six now. Um, if Dallas can make this go seven, that's that's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. But right now, um, the Clippers got the lead. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard did their thing last night. Lou Williams did. They played with a lot of effort, a lot of intensity. And, yeah, a lot, there, was, there was a lot of urgency last night I saw with this Clippers team. They haven't seen really in this whole series. They played like, okay. We have to put a lot of points on the board because we know this Dallas Mavericks team can score in bunches. We know what Luka can do. Let's get these points on the board and let's put their let's put our foot on their neck the whole game. And they did that. They did that for the most part. And I'm very happy. I'm, I was very happy to see Playoff P of Merge come back. And I was very happy to see Kawhi Leonard do his thing again. Um, this this is the team that I think everybody thought that would see in the playoffs. And it it's here. And, you know, good for them. Good for these guys um, getting their mojo back. And, uh, yeah, if you're a team playing this team in um, round two, which I believe would be Utah, um, if they if they win, that's another story to get to next. But, yeah, the winner of the Nuggets and Utah series, you're going to have your hands full with this team next if they end up taking this series in game six or seven. Because the Clippers are real and they're live when they're playing like this. They can beat anybody. And now we go to the Denver Utah series. Wow. I said this would be the best series, and it, it still might be. I mean, you know, Denver won this series. It's at least going to be six games now. It's 3-2. Um, congratulations, Denver. My pick. Um, yeah, Jokic, Jokic defensively is crippling this team. I hate to say that, but he really has to get a lot better on defense. You can see Pau Gasol break it down on detail on ESPN+. Plus. Um, I was watching some of that yesterday, and I really saw what I'd really known all along, but hadn't really had broken down so well by Pau Gasol. The fact that Nikola Jokic does not play good defense, and he honestly puts this team in a bad position when he's playing defense at all. Um, but Jamal Murray, with incredible performance yesterday, um, he just continues to 
amaze me in these playoffs how well he plays, how much he scores. Um, really hitting very, very tough shots, tough three-pointers. Um, but he's a scorer. That's what he does. So um, credit to Jamal Murray. Credit to the Denver Nuggets. They made this They made this series again. It's now 3-2. Um, game 6 coming up tomorrow on Thursday. And Game 6, the Mavs and Clippers coming up. So last night set the stage for two very big Game 6s. Um, I honestly thought Utah might win the game last night, but they didn't. Um, congratulations, Denver, for hanging in there and hanging tough. And Utah better be careful because as good as they can play, as good as they can shoot, um, Denver's explosive as they're as explosive as any offensive team out there. Um, so credit to Denver for that win. And um, yeah, Utah just missed some shots on yesterday. If you want me to be frank, so um, we'll see what happens though tomorrow night. But today we got some big games too. And Damian Lillard came out yesterday, and they uh, well, I don't know if Damian Lillard came out and said that. I think it was the team that came out and said uh, the story broke. Whatever, Damian Lillard's not playing in Game Five. So I think the Lakers are pretty much going to sweep this game. Um, not sweep this game. They're going to win this game. And they won't sweep the series. It'll be 4-1. Portland did win game one. Um, but the Lakers have just dominated them ever since. Um, they really have made it life very hard on them defensively for Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. I feel like they gave them their best punch last game. They didn't win. And they got pretty big. Yeah, they got, you know. And they lost by nearly 30 last game. Game four, that I think, was their best punch. One Carmelo had a... Um, playoff high this season um so yeah the Portland just doesn't have enough they don't have enough defense um their two point guards are they're that's a joke how much defense they play um Dame and CJ they don't play any defense Carmelo has tried um he's a veteran he's a, he was a, he was a good defense player at one point pretty good but um he's it's not there and then down low um Nurkic just doesn't have the foot speed to guard Anthony Davis and Hassan Whiteside did a good job initially in this series but as the series went on, it's clear that he's over his head guarding Anthony Davis. I mean, and Hassan Whiteside's a decent NBA player. He should be a decent – plays a decent player off the bench. But if you're asking him to guard Anthony Davis in the post, that's a tall order for any NBA player in this league. So my take on that. And, um, yeah, I know you guys want to hear me talk about this, so here we go. Houston Rockets lost game four. It's 2-2 now. There you go. Um, seriously, though, I'm really upset about this. James Harden. And um, the Houston Rockets missed uh, 35 three-pointers last game, I believe. You know, there's a there's a NBA record of 37 that also belonged to the Houston Rockets. Um, yeah, you can't miss that many threes and expect to win the game. I know you live and you die by the three, Houston, but my God, you can't miss that many shots. In crunch time, P.J. Tucker missed a few. Um, really, the whole team just was not hitting shots toward the, you know, going into the fourth quarter and in the whole fourth quarter. And a lot of my friends were texting me saying, hey, what do you think about Houston? Well, I think they got to get their act together and then you Russell Westbrook back because off that pick and roll, you see where James, where someone sets a screen, for, when someone comes up and sets a screen for James Harden, basically, they roll to the basket, right? Pick and roll, pick and roll. Well, when Russell Westbrook picks off James Harden and rolls to the basket, Russell Westbrook has so much speed and athleticism and energy that that defense sucks in. And then that leaves wide open three-point shooters on the outside. Now, Houston's still getting good looks for three. But when Russell Westbrook's in the game, they're getting wide open looks for three. And also, when they're not, Russell Westbrook's taking it in for an easy layup because, well, that's especially taking it inside, taking it to the rack, getting a layup with either hand. He's extremely good at finishing and using his athleticism. And I think that's what Houston started to realize, okay, in crunch time, in the playoffs, and really in any season game, this is what we can do. Let's just pick and roll with Russell Westbrook. Let him go to the rack. James Harden, will, he'll pick off James Harden, go to the rack. James will dish him the ball. And if they follow him, James Harden, will, he'll hit a three. And I, 
Russell needs to come back for this team to go far. I don't know if they can even win this series now. I mean, for God's sake, it's 2-2. Oklahoma City's won the last two games. One of them was in overtime. In the last game, you know, they really just they really just trailed off in the end of the fourth quarter. Houston's got to score. He's got to make shots. I mean, that's the thing. The Thunder, Chris Paul was making shots. Chris Paul had four points in the first half. First first half, yeah. In the second half, I think he had 20-something. He came out He came out roaring. Dennis Schroeder's not playing around. He's got his groove. He's hitting shots now. He's playing well. Shea Gildas-Alexander, a, he's a second-year guy, but he's still doing a very good job, hitting very good shots. So, um, yeah. I, I, I don't understand. Um, Houston needs to win this game, though. I don't know if Russell Westbrook's playing today. I doubt he is. Um, that quad injury, probably going to hold him out to the next round. So, Houston's going to have to figure it out without Russell Westbrook. Um, they're going to have to win this game. And, um, yeah, Houston's defense wasn't that good in this game. I'm willing to say that. But at the end of the game, it got better. And essentially, they just didn't make their threes that they usually do. And, again, I'm going to say it. Eric Gordon hit a few of them in the early third quarter. Eric Gordon, stop shooting those deep-ass threes. Step up to the line and shoot. You're driving me crazy. You make me irrationally mad, Eric Gordon. Gosh, I cannot stand his shot selection. It's so poor. And even James Harden was, he was doing his thing again. He was doing these bailout threes. Just step up and shoot a good three. Get a good shot. A lot of times they're wondering why they're missing these threes. Their offense gets more stagnant as the fourth quarter goes along. Credit to the Oklahoma City defense, my God. But please, move the ball. Move. Take it to the rack. It looks like James Harden is gassed at the end of the games now. And I think that's going to be a recipe going forward until they get Russell Westbrook back. And, you know, the past, the first two games, you're wondering, well, wasn't he gassed then? Yes, he was, but they were ahead by 20 points. Dennis Schroeder didn't play well. Chris Paul didn't play that well. Now these guys are playing well. This Oklahoma City team is playing well, putting pressure on him. So in the fourth quarter, James Harden needs to step up more without Russ there. I, Russ cannot hold out this much longer. I mean, they could go down 3-2. Oklahoma City could take a 3-2 lead today. This is a huge game five for this for this series and for James Harden and Russell Westbrook's career, quite frankly. So, um, yeah, really excited to see this. And um, like I said, Lakers are going to get the win. I'm going to pick Houston to win today because I'm going to pick them anytime. But they should win today. They need to get back to what they're doing right. Oh, I don't know if Russell Westbrook's playing. He needs to, but he might still be sitting out regardless. Like James Harden to get the job done. Um, he, he, needs, he needs. They need to get this done. This should have been. The series could have been done by now. Um, they were up 2-0, and they failed to win in overtime, and they did not close the last game. So now they got themselves into a pickle. Go ahead and finish this thing out. Do not go down 3-2, Houston, or it's over. It's over at that point for me because you've been lost. You'd have, you would have lost three in a row. So, my take on that. Um, oh, yeah, Milwaukee and um, Orlando are playing today, too. Um, Milwaukee's going to win that series. They're going to win that game um, 4-1. Credit again, like, like the uh, Blazers. Uh, the Magic won game one. Didn't get swept. Congrats. A lot of teams got swept. Um, Magic needs to take this into the next season. They're a good young team. Need a few more pieces around these guys. Need to get their guys back and healthy, like Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. Maybe they'll be better. But, all right. Yep, that's it for the NBA. And I'm um, going to come back with a little bit of news, um, mainly Brett Brown's firing, and we'll wrap up the show. All right. And we're back with the NBA news, really sports news, but there's really – only one thing I really want to talk about. Brett Brown got fired. Um, round of applause. Philadelphia finally fired this guy. Should have fired him a few years ago, to my mind. Process, whatever. Um, and I understand Elton Brand's not a good GM. I don't know why in the hell they still keep him around, too. He'll be fired eventually. He's not a good GM. Um, Sam Hinkie was the best GM. 
he did the process. He got these players there. And then he didn't get to see it through because the league came in and said, you're tanking. We don't want tanking. And I don't like tanking either. I don't. This is a very complicated issue, like I said before. But anyway, stay with me. Tanking is not good. You should not intentionally lose games. And the NBA has done a good job only because of Sam Hinkie's tanking, which got him Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Nerlens Noel, who is now in Oklahoma City. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, just just not good GM um, play for this team. Their last GM before Elton Brand, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he was not good. He did not do a good job. was fired after a few seasons. Um, they they should bring Sam Hankey back, honestly. I mean, this dude did a good job. But, um, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see um, what's going to happen with this team now. Um, this is a very good job, even with the incompetency at GM and probably not – probably. Helton Brand's probably not going to want to move on from a lot of his signings because he wants them to work out. But <clears throat> even without that, with um, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, it's a promising team. Um, it's a good job. So um, looking around and seeing who could take this job. Hopefully someone – hope they get someone good. But I was listening to um, Mike Greenberg talk yesterday, and he's right. The, N- the NCAA college basketball jobs are way better than the N- NBA. So a lot of these jobs people are taking on um, – Good luck. Um, John Beeline, coach at Michigan for 20 years, something like that, 16 years. He went to coach the Cleveland Cavaliers at the beginning of this year, signed a five-year deal. He was there 52 games. Then he left to um, work another role in the Cavs organization because, my God, it's hard to coach in the NBA. Um, Jim Boylan, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this guy. He did not. He came to the NBA, did not do a good job. Fred Hoiberg came here um, from Iowa State for the Bulls as well, did not do a good job. Um, really was in over his head. So if you're a prominent college coach and you're thinking maybe I'll make the jump to coach 76ers, a little bit of advice, don't. Let a proven NBA coach come in and coach this team. Elton Brand, hire somebody good and trade a lot of these weird pieces you brought to this team. Yeah, because um, when you're relying on Josh Richardson to get a bulk of your offense, you're not doing good. And you need to bring somebody in that's going to get Joel Embiid to play hard. And that's another reason why someone should not want this job as a college coach. Why am I going to leave my college job where all my kids love it here and they play really hard every game to come to Philadelphia to try to get Joel Embiid to play hard? Um, Joel Embiid should play hard already. Um, the next coach is going to have to get a lot out of this team. It needs to be an NBA guy, I believe. Um, very good job, though. Brett Brown will land on his feet. He'll be an assistant coach somewhere else, which is where he probably belongs. He's just not a leader of men. Um, I've been really ragging on him lately, but um, – I hear he knows his X's nose, but he's probably just not a good leader of men, which is a lot of a lot of guys. Um, and that's a lot of people that are meant to be coordinators. They're just not meant to be head coaches, and they're not meant to be leading the troops. They're meant to be on the sides, coaching them up, you know, doing their thing um, internally more than just you know on the outside. So that's that's what I believe there. Um, glad Philly fired him. It was inevitable, as we said. Though I told you to be fired by Wednesday, I believe, and it's Wednesday. So, um, yep, as the coaching search will really begin to, begin to kick off once uh, some of these NBA teams go down and these um, coaches become available for interviews with these teams. So, um, yep, an exciting time if you're an NBA franchise looking for a head coach. There's now four. There's now the Brooklyn Nets job, very good job. Um, Philadelphia Sixers, very good job as well. Chicago Bulls and New Orleans Pelicans, another very good job. All four of these jobs are actually pretty good. The best one in my mind is um, 
Well, I don't really know. You can look at it a lot of different ways. Brooklyn's going to have a lot of personality, and they're going to be a lot. You're going to need a real. You're going to need a real stern voice to coach these guys around. And then you look at Phil, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a very good team, but there's a lot of weird pieces there, and you're going to have to work with the GM in my mind who's incompetent. Chicago has a lot of young pieces, but ownership of this team has proven over time they're not as consistent. That they're just. I mean, you can go back to the Jordan documentary with talking about the owner. The owner even talks about it himself. I mean, this is just the questionable organization ownership wise. And then you go to the New Orleans Pelicans. Very good, very young team. You're going to have a – that might be the best job actually out there, the Pelicans job, because you can coach a lot of young, good players and um, build up this team. They still have a good amount of cap room. Um, you can move some pieces around, work with the new GM there. Um, so a lot of good NBA jobs out there. Honestly, this is a weird year where there's a lot of good jobs. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what what transpires in the coaching ranks. Yeah, around the NBA, but yeah, four really good jobs there, honestly, for an NBA coach to take on. So if you're an NBA coaching candidate this offseason, congrats. You got four really good choices there. You're going to have four really good interviews if you get them. So um, that's my news from around the NBA, around the sports world. Again, like I said earlier, Earl Thomas was released from the Baltimore Ravens, and he is now a free agent in Dallas. Um, we're hearing reports that they're not interested. Jerry Jones made a little statement about it, but um, other reports say they're not interested in um, bringing him on. Um, he should have a team by the end of the week. I'm still going to say that. Um, might not, though, but I still think he will. We'll see where that plays out. Again, Earl Thomas, very good player. So, um, Yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in Sports Talk with Cole. We'll be back Friday with an all-new episode. We're going to break down another NFL division and give you guys some breakdowns of the NBA games and the games – in the NBA games today and tomorrow. Um, So, yeah, guys, join us Friday morning. Um, Thank all you for tuning in. All right, God bless. Have a good day.